All right, everybody. Well, listen, good morning. Welcome officially uh, here at New Life Church. We're glad to have you right in the middle of summer, the hottest time here in West Tennessee with those heat indexes getting up there over 100. Uh, do keep in mind there is a heat advisory out this afternoon because I put my plug in for WBBJ real fast. So, uh, for Mo Chamel. <laughs> Gotta love some Mo, right? Well, listen, it's great to be with you. So glad we've been out of town the last two weekends. Uh, my family and I, we were on vacation and uh, had some time away to rest and um, get to spend a little extra time together. And so we appreciate you uh, uh, praying for us. And it's good to, good to get away, but it's good to be home as well. Uh, as, uh, as we've been trying to get the word out, and we will talk more about this in the coming weeks, uh, this fall we're going to be celebrating our 40th anniversary as a church. And so it's going to be a pretty big time for us, uh, pretty, pretty excited about that. Uh, and, um, and so the month of September is, is going to be a full month of that. And again, we're going to have details regarding uh, everything coming up over the next, uh, in the next several weeks. You'll hear more and more about that. But wanted to make sure we, we told you that again today. And also, <clears throat> during that time frame, uh, in, in the months of August and September, we're going to be laying out our 20-year vision for the church. Uh, pretty excited. We've as a staff and uh, senior leadership team, we've been talking, praying, and uh, about a lot of things and sharing. And so it's pretty exciting it, it, about what God's been putting on our heart and what he has laid out before us. And so uh, this fall is going to be a big time for us. Uh, I know summer we're in and out with travel and vacation and doing different things, but I know school will be back in. I won't mention that today, but it'll be back in later. Uh, I can't believe it's already July 1st, but, but anyway... Uh, that's around the corner. Those are some things on the horizon for our church coming up in the fall. So want to make sure you were aware of that. Also, um, uh, we, we just wrapped up a series that we did called Revival God Encounters. Uh, those messages are on our website, uh, newlifechurchofjackson.org. Myself, along with some other staff pastors and guest ministry, uh, preached throughout that series. It was uh, about a six, seven-week, uh, eight-week-long series of different messages pertaining to God Encounters people in the Bible having an encounter with God and taking those stories and relating it to us and how it relates to us. And, and, and really just that, that revival was more than a, a moment in a, in, a, in a service. That revival is, is God's spirit breathing new life in us. And if there's ever a day and time where we need a fresh wind of God by his spirit in our life, it's today. Amen. Uh, in our lives when, we, when so many people are hungry, thirsty, barren, and dry, and going through some difficult times, it's time for the church to be the voice of the Lord. It's time for the church to be the expression of the love of Christ in a time today. And that won't happen if the church doesn't cry out and ask the Lord, revive me, oh God, revive me. So that's our prayer. That's my prayer. That's our prayer for you as our church uh, to, be, uh, to be a church that's fully um, embracing God's move in this hour, in this season. Well, listen up. Let's open our Bibles. Uh, let me invite you to open up to Romans chapter 8. And I'm going to be reading uh, a text out of Genesis chapter 50. Romans chapter 8 will be our main text of where we're going to hang out today. I'm going to draw your attention to verse 28. I'll be reading out of the New Living Translation this morning. The Apostle Paul wrote this book, the, this letter to the Romans, to believers in Rome. It says this in Romans chapter 8, verse 28. He says, And we know that God causes everything 
to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. For God knew his people in advance and he chose them to become like his son so that his son would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And having chosen them, he called them to come to him. And having called them, he gave them right standing with himself. And having given them right standing, he gave them his glory. Verse 31, what shall we say about such wonderful things as these? If God is for us, who can ever be against us? And then look at Genesis chapter 50, verse 20. It'll also be on the screen here for you to follow along. This is Joseph uh, stating some things back to his brothers at the end of, of a long saga. He said this in verse 20. He said, you intended to harm me, but God intended it all for good. Wow. He brought me, God brought me to this position so I could save the lives of many people. Let's pray. God, thank you for your word. It gives light, it gives life, it gives direction, and it is powerful and it is mighty. It is able to conquer. It is able to show us the way in which we need to go. And so today I pray our eyes would be enlightened to it. We would see it for what it is for each and every one of our lives and as a church. I pray, oh God, our hearts would be soft to receive it. I pray we would not be know-it-alls today, but we would just be people who want to know you all completely. Help me now to speak it and bring it forth in the manner in which it needs to come. I pray now for your grace, your power, your anointing, and your love to flow through me and be present here in this church now, we pray and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Today I want to talk to you about this subject right here. God works for my good. God works for my good. Paul, this, this, this set of scriptures here in Romans chapter 8, especially verse 8, uh, 28, where God works together, causes everything to work together for our good. So often that, that's the only part that gets said a lot of times. So often that's the only part that gets quoted. So often that's the part that, that seems to come out of a lot of our mouths uh, around, uh, around the world, especially here in the Bible Belt. But there's an attachment to that. God says he causes everything to work together for the good of these, those who love him and those who are called according to his purpose. So I, wanna, I just want to share three, three thoughts about this section of Scripture, and, uh, and we're going to tie it all together with, with the life of Joseph here in a, in a few minutes. But I just want to share with you three thoughts about how God works everything for our good. First is this, God works everything for my good if I love him and I live according to his purpose. All right, that's, that's what Paul's getting at here. God works everything for our good if we live for him and we're called according to his purpose. In other words, then this, I can't live any way I want to live and expect God to just fix my problems. Right? Am I, am, am I speaking to any Christian here today? I can't go and do whatever I want and expect God to just clean up my mess. I know, I came swinging for the fences right out of the gate. So how I live, what I do, where I go in life actually matters. Did you know that if you're a follower of Christ, what we do, how we live, where we go, and all those things, we need to check it with Jesus first. Right? 
the job we take, the place we live, the church we attend. Some of you may not be back after this one. I don't know. I'm not trying to run anybody off, I promise you. I'm trying to gather us closer to the Lord. So what we do, how we live, what we say, all those things in life matters. Where we go to school, who we're going to marry. I know. I, yeah, I got a mama amen at me loud back in the back today. Girl, Sid, I'm sorry. Your mama is praying hard for you. Right? All the different things in life that we get caught up in. Even, how about this, even big purchases with our money. Right? A lot, everything in life matters to God. So if we're following Him, we can't just live how we want to live. We can't just spend our money how we want to spend our money. We can't just burn up our time however you and I want to burn up our time. We can't hang with anybody that we just want to hang with. We can't go and do things in life just because it makes us feel good or makes us feel happy. If it's not filtered through the Holy Spirit, who is God, then friends, then we don't need to be a part of it, whatever it might be. There might not be nothing legally, lawfully, morally wrong with it, but if the Holy Spirit checks us on it, then we need to listen to it. If we want God to work everything out together for our good, it's tied to loving Him and living according to His purpose. Where Paul says those who are called according to His purpose, God calls all. But what Paul's getting at, the deeper meaning in that is this, and what he's insinuating is those who have actually accepted it. Those who have accepted, I love the Lord, but I've accepted whatever, His purpose for my life. And so Paul's saying, look, God will work. He causes everything to work together for good who love him and who live according to his purpose. So if I'm living to love God according to his purpose for my life, then no matter, then, no matter what I encounter, he will work out for my good and his glory. Regardless, that's how he will work. So even if bad... Sad, evil, disappointing things touch my life, which they all touch our lives. Here's the difference. If I'm loving the Lord and I'm aiming to live my life for his purpose, somehow, someway, give God time, he will cause it to work together for our good and his glory. When, he, when God works things together for our good, he is ultimately, what happens is he will get glory for it. Because he knows if we trust him and give him time to work things out, it'll be for our good, for his glory, and for the betterment of this world in which we live. But how many times have you and I gotten ourselves involved in trying to make it work together for our good and not letting God work it out for our good? Yeah, right? You don't have to raise your hand. Just acknowledge it in your heart, right? And what God is trying to get us to understand what Paul's writing to us is, hey, God fights my battles. God is my warrior. God is my defender. You know how hard it is sometimes to be in the midst of a situation when, when maybe you're being attacked by somebody else and you not say anything 
but let God come to your defense. You know how hard that is? Yeah, that's hard, right? That's not the easy part of walking this thing out. But if we will let God stand by us, be our advocate and be our judge, and be the one who, who, who stands up for us, guess what? He will do it every time. He will do it every time. It may not be in, the, in our way. It may not be in our frame of time. But it will be in his best way because he knows what's best. He's perfect. He is perfect. And God says, so Paul's right, writing this and he's saying, look, don't stop at saying, and God causes everything to work together for my good. Woo! And then you go and live however you want to live. No, it doesn't work that way. So what we have to work on is not stopping short of, oh, wait, love God, live for his purpose. If you love the Lord and you're aiming to live your life for his purpose, Paul says, look, God has a guarantee. He will cause everything to work together for your good. It will happen. I know we want everything to work together for our good, right? It just may not always work together for our way. Because many times we think, and I, I'm like the king of this, my way's best. <laughs> and I have to be checked. Last time I looked, I'm not the one sitting on the throne. He is. He knows what's best. He knows what's best. Here's a second thought about this verse, about this story. God works everything for my good, even though everything is not good. Everything. God works everything for my good, even though everything is not good. Everything. That is the part that's hard to swallow for us. Because not everything is good, but God works everything for our good. If it's not good, it's not from God. Consider this right here in James. It'll be right here on our screen. Look at this, James chapter 1. He said, don't be misled, my dear brothers and sisters. Whatever is good and perfect comes down to us from God our Father, who created all the lights in the heavens. He never changes or casts a shifting shadow. He chose to give birth to us by giving us his true word, and we out of all creation became his prized possession. Out of all creation, we became God's prized possession. Whatever is good and whatever is perfect comes down to us from God. So we need to size it up to whatever it is. Just because something is not good does not mean God can't work it out for our good. And there's nothing good about a lot of things. There's nothing good about being dumped by somebody. You know, if you're dating, it's just not, it doesn't feel good, right? It doesn't feel good to be rejected, does it? it? doesn't feel good to fail a test. It doesn't feel good. There's nothing good about cancer. There's nothing good about dying too young. There's nothing good about sex slavery in the, in the world in the United States. There's nothing good about people who are homeless. 
in the sense that they're homeless. There's nothing good about a lot of things in this world. People go through a lot of bad things, don't they? People come up against a lot of challenging, very trying trials, situations. And, and if we only look at the situation, obviously the situation is not always good. But if we will see God in the midst of the situation, God didn't cause it. Scripture says good comes from him. God didn't cause it. But what he does do is he works through it. And he will use it for our good. God causes everything to work together for our good, even though everything is not good. He has such a way, such a way of taking ashes and turning them into beauty. He has such a way of taking trauma and turning it into triumph. He has such a way of taking a mess and making a miracle out of it. God can only do that. And friends, that's one of the echoing themes of this morning, one of the anthems of this service today through the worship, through the encouraging word that James brought through Paul's reading here. It's God is for us. Don't ever doubt that. In the, in the greatest midst of tragedy, in the greatest midst of, of your difficulty, in the greatest midst of, of your trial, remember, God is for you. He is not against you. God is for you, and He is not against you. You know, the thing is, until Jesus returns, the world, us, we will continue to try to reconcile God's sovereignty to humanity's suffering. And until Jesus returns, the world will continue in its brokenness. The world will continue in this way, and the enemy will continue to try to wreak havoc upon humanity from continent to continent. That's his goal, is to kill, to steal, and to destroy. Until Jesus returns, things happen. Difficulty happens. I know I, if I could just, if I wish God would, had written it and told us, it, you're not going to ever have to go through anything. Because nobody wakes up wanting to go through anything. Nobody wakes up wanting to go through anything bad, sad, evil, or disappointing, right? If you do, we really need to pray for you. Nobody just wakes up hoping for that. No. Shoot, no, man. Most of our prayers are, God, I don't want to have to go through anything. I don't want to have to experience anything. But let's just say this. Our church family has experienced ordeal over the last six to nine months. Our church family has gone through some painful moments. And there are people here in our church family that are continuing to live even though the bad things happen to them, even though the difficult things happen to them, even though the traumatic things happen to them. They continue to worship the Lord. They continue to praise the Lord. They continue to pray. They continue to give. They continue to serve. They continue to show up even when life was dark to them. Why? How? Because they love the Lord. They're aiming to live according to His purpose. And they believe that somehow, someway, God will be true to His word and He will cause everything to work together for their good. 
And that is the hard pill to swallow. Even though everything is not good, God still works everything out for our good. Although sin is strong, Jesus is stronger. Although shame is great, Jesus is greater. Amen? Aren't you glad of that? Although pain hurts, Jesus is healer. God redeems and God restores for our good and His glory. Always, ultimately. Here's the last thought about this. Is God works everything for my good to make me more like His Son, Jesus. God works everything for my good to make me more like His Son. I read this from a wise Bible teacher who once said, he said, God allows everything into our lives for one of two purposes, either to bring us into a relationship with himself or, if we know him, to make us more like his son. And you go back to Joseph in chapter 50 of Genesis where he said to his brothers, he said, you guys intended to harm me, but God intended it all for good. He brought me to this position so I could save the lives of many people. Joseph at 17 was given a dream from the Lord. And then this statement, this time happens many years later after that initial dream. And in between the dream and and this statement where he says, You intended me harm, but God intended it all for good. Everything. Everything happens. Everything. That's the everything part in Joseph's life. He was betrayed, right? He was put in a pit by his brothers, a pit so deep he couldn't get himself out of alone. He was sold into slavery, became a slave. He eventually landed in, in, in Pharaoh's dynasty, and he was a personal assistant to the to Potiphar then he was lied on just flat out lied on anybody ever been lied on like somebody lied on you yeah that what do you want to do about that well you want to set it straight right Joseph was put in prison for a while while in prison he was forgotten forgotten about Anybody ever feel like you're forgotten about sometimes? Yeah. He was forgotten about. What did Joseph do? Curse God and die? No. What did he do? Start a gang? No. (laughs) What did he do? He continued to be faithful even in the midst of prison. And the Bible says God's hand was on him and it it caused Joseph to succeed to the point where even in prison, everybody noticed something is different about this guy. He should not be able to carry on and function and succeed while in this place of life. But he did. Then he was remembered. He was taken out of prison and he became second in command. He became a prince to Pharaoh. He interpreted some dreams of Pharaoh Pharaoh thought, wow, this guy's got it going on. Something is unique about him. He has wisdom. He has discernment. Man, I need somebody like this on my side. 
I'm going to put you second in command, Joseph. You're going to wear my signet ring. Whatever you say goes. Listen up, everybody. Listen up, peeps. He said everything that Joseph does, listen to him because he's second in command. He had gone through all of that stuff. Everything had happened to him. Through it all. And this wasn't like a week or two weeks. This was years. He became second in command. He became a prince. And then eventually that dream that he dreamed at 17, after all that time, after everything happened, after everything happened, the dream came true. The dream came to pass. But in the midst of all of that everything... God was making Joseph more like himself because Joseph ended up becoming a savior, so to speak, to his family and to his nation. And so Joseph, after going through all of that, landed where he landed, he was able to say, you intended harm, but God intended good. God took your harm and made it good. How? Because Joseph continued to humble himself before God. And God worked in his life. Softened him because Joseph had the power to turn his brothers away, to turn his family away. Joseph had the power to ignore them, say, I don't know you. You didn't like me way back when, when I was sharing that dream from God. You hated my guts. You put me in a pit. You sold me to slavery. I hadn't seen you since. It's been crazy. It's been a wild world. You should listen to my story. Potiphar's wife lied on me because she wanted to sleep with me. I didn't want to sleep with her. She lied on me. I got put in prison. I honored the Lord, and I still got put in prison. I honored God, and I still got in trouble. Right? That kind of stuff doesn't make a lot of sense. And here's the thing we have to remember. There are a lot of things that you and I aren't going to understand, that we're not going to be able to comprehend. Listen to the words of wisdom in Ecclesiastes 11, verse 5. It says, just as you cannot understand the path of the wind or the mystery of a tiny baby growing in its mother's womb, so you cannot understand the activity of God who does all things. Folks, sometimes we just have to resolve to the fact, I just don't understand. I can't explain it as to why all the bad happens. <laughs> it's baffling. It makes no sense sometimes, right? Ever find yourself there? makes no sense sometimes there are things we just don't understand that we will constantly try to reconcile God's sovereignty to humanity's suffering and we just have to resolve to the fact I don't know Joseph had no idea why he was having to go through all he was going through until he got through it and he was able to stand there with a pure heart with a humble heart and he could look at his brothers in the face and he could tell them don't be afraid of me you made it you intended harm but listen God intended it for the good because he put me in this position so that I could save the lives of many people friends you and I never know why God makes us and how, allows us to go through certain things till we get through it and we get on the other side of it, and our hearts are better, and our hearts are softer. Our hearts are yielded more to the Lord. Because there are some situations, there are some things in life, some seasons in life you and I go through, and we think we're good, we think we all right, we think we don't need to learn nothing, right? 
think we don't have to learn anything. Think we don't have to go, grow through anything. But we get through it and we grow through it. And we re- look back and we realize, oh, that's what God was doing. This is why it worked out that way. There are lots of things that happen in our life. Lots of things we just don't understand why they happen. Maybe we were trying to get a promotion. Maybe we were trying to get a new job. Maybe we were trying to land here, land there, what have you. And every time the door closed and it never worked out. Prayer don't work. I prayed. God didn't answer my prayer. I prayed to be blessed. I prayed to have a better job so I can take care of my family, right? Yeah. We never know all the answers to that. What I'm saying is this. We have to trust the sovereignty of the Lord in our life. That we can't stop short of just quoting that good old verse of Romans 8, 28. God works everything out for my good. Boom. Stop it right there. No, we got to keep on rolling with it if I love him and if I'm aiming to live my life according to his purpose. That's the only way it's going to work out. I hate to break it to you that way, but that's the only way anything bad will ever work out for your good and my good is if we continue to love God and we continue to live our life for his purpose. That is the only way it will ever work out for good. That's like the big horse pill that's hard to swallow. I get it. But listen, the sooner you and I swallow it and let it work itself in us, the more at peace and more at trust with God we will be. And we got to remember, we don't play God. God doesn't need anybody to play him. He plays himself, and he has been very good at it since the day of time. And there's a lot of things we won't get. But here's one thing that Paul ends it with in Romans 8, verse 37. Check it out. He says, no, despite all these things, what are all these things? All these things he just got through talking about, it's the everything. Although everything in life isn't good, that's what Paul's getting at. No, despite all these things, all these everythings, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. Even though everything is not good sometimes in my life, God works it out for my good. As long as I love him and I'm living according to his purpose, it doesn't mean you won't go through anything. It's not what I'm getting at. Please don't misinterpret that. It means that when you do go through something, you love the Lord and you're living your life according to his purpose, he will cause everything to work together for our good. And Paul is saying, look, in spite of all these things that have happened, in spite of all these difficult, challenging, bad things that have happened in our life, he says, God says we still have the overwhelming victory. A person, a true, mm, 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 a Christian who can still stand after a battle, after a warfare, after a difficulty, after mayhem, after challenge, after trial, after death, after disease. A Christian who can still stand and say, God is still my refuge. He is still my fortress. He is still a very present help in my time of need. That, my friends, slaps the enemy in the face and it tells the world someone is still good in your life and that someone is God because he says overwhelming victory is ours in Christ Jesus. If we can do that and not curse the Lord and not turn our back and not run from our faith 
But if we can stay in the midst of praise, and if we can kneel in the midst of prayer, and if we can humble our heart in the midst of worship, and we can point to heaven and say, God, you are for me. You are not against me. I don't get it. I don't understand it. I don't like it. That's for darn sure. I hated to have to go through it, but I look to you because I love you, and I want to live for you, and I want your purpose to be fulfilled in my life. God says, I will work it out for your good. All these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. Paul says, and I'm convinced. This is where we got to get ourselves to be. I'm convinced. Convinced. When you're convinced of something, there ain't nothing that's going to change your mind. It doesn't matter what kind of debate you get in. You're not going to be turned around. I'm convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither fears for today or worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. With an emphatic no, he says, no power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus, our Lord. God works everything for my good to make me more like his son. And when we can't understand or comprehend the why, we must look to the who. God is at work in the midst of our life. I like to end with this story There was, it was a hot, sunny summer day, and this little boy ran out of his house to go swimming in the lake out behind his house. Jumped off the pier, the dock, splashing, playing in the cool water. The mother looks out the window and sees her son playing, and, but then she sees a crocodile get into the water. She runs out frantic as fast as she can, screaming the little boy's name, screaming as loud as she can, and, Finally, the little boy hears her, and it frightens him. He looks to her, and he starts to swim back towards her to the dock. And as he gets right at the dock, the crocodile bites down on one of his legs. The mother had just grabbed her little son's arms. And there was this tug-of-war going on, screaming, frantic. A neighbor nearby hears, runs over uh, to the house, and shoots the crocodile with a pistol. Kills the crocodile. He finally lets go. The mother pulls the boy out of the water. Get him to the hospital. Uh, the boy has some surgeries. Able to walk. Able to recover. Able to be okay. He's lying in the recovery room in his, in his hospital bed. A newspaper man comes in and, and asks could he see the little boy. And they said sure. And he walks in. He goes man. He had a traumatic story. He goes yeah. He says you care if I see the scars on your legs. He said okay. So he pulls back the bed sheets and lets the newspaper man see his scars on his legs. And his eyes get big and the boy sees it and he goes, but here's what you really need to see. He takes off his hospital gown. He says, here you see these scars on my arms? He said, these scars are from my mother's fingernails. From holding on to me so tight to where she would not let that crocodile take me under. He said, these are the scars you really need to pay attention to because no matter what, my mother was not going to let go. That crocodile was strong, 
But my mother's love and passion for me was stronger. And she was not going to let go. So these are the scars you need to talk about in your story. Friends, life is like a crocodile. It bites hard and it doesn't want to let go. It hurts beyond description. Life can be tough. We can go through things. But God's love for us holds us and never lets us go. So remember, all the suffering and the pain that you have ever gone through, it's not wasted in the eyes of the Lord. Because if you will love Him, I'm not saying you're perfect, no one is, but if you will love Him and you will make it your aim to live for His purpose for your life, he will take all of that and he will somehow make it work out for your good. And his love never lets go. His love latches on and holds on. In fact, it was displayed. The scars you and I need to focus on were the scars that were in our Savior's hands. The scars you and I need to focus on were the scars in his brow by the thorns. The scars you and I need to remember is the scar on his side where he was pierced with a sword. Those are the scars you and I need to remember. And the scars all over his back by the stripes that he was beaten by, the lash he was lashed on and he bled. Those are the scars you and I need to remember because those scars spell L-O-V-E. Sometimes there are days in our life where we just don't feel loved. And sometimes we don't feel loved by God because of things that happen in our life. But you need to remember something. All the things you've gone through, anything you might go through in the future. Love the Lord. Make it your aim. If there's anything I know about Miss Betty was that she prayed for this church every day, a whole lot every day. She prayed for you. She had you, your names written down. I saw some of her notes. She had you before the throne of God all the time. And if there's anything she probably could tell you today is, darling, you love the Lord. And you live for Him. Because He's going to work it out. That's probably what she would tell you. So in an honor of a saint, even in the honor of a saint like her, church, brothers and sisters, let's love the Lord. Let him into your life. Let him have access to your heart. And, and seek him. And just tell him, whatever you have for me, God, I want to do it. I want to live for your purpose more than anything. And don't let yourself be lied to and follow the deception of the enemy. See there? See the harm? See the pain? See the destruction? See the difficulty you went through? Your God couldn't even save you. No. It might have been intended for harm. But God always works it out for our good. Amen. Let's bow our heads. I want to pray for you.
Lord, I thank you for the moments that you give that just remind our heart that we are loved by you. And today I pray that we would, be, that we would carry this word forward in our life <clears throat> and you would help us, God, to truly live by it that you truly do cause everything to work together for our good, for those that love you and live according to your purpose. I ask you, Lord, to help us all do that. I pray, Lord, you would help us all do that. If you're here today and you felt like, man, you have struggled in that, you have just felt like I have not been at it very good, humble your heart right now before the Lord and God I pray for anyone here today who feels like they have just not measured up I pray for those today who have gone through some and maybe going through situations right now that are not easy and that might be an understatement but I pray oh God you would reveal yourself and show yourself to to us today and may you pour out your love in our hearts right now and help us oh God Every day, make it our aim to love you and to live for you. And as we do, help us, oh God, to have trust, courage, confidence, faith in you that you will work things together for our good. That you will do that. May we give you the space. May we make the room. May we, may we open our life up for you to do that. And may we trust you more than we trust ourselves, more than we trust other things. May we trust you the most. I pray you would seal this word in our hearts today and help us to be the kind of followers of Christ that live this out with great faith and confidence in the Lord himself. I thank you for it now. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.